0: But when it comes to sharing your ideas on a podcast in a way that's entertaining, engaging, and enlightening, you feel lost and nervous. If you're an author, an academic, a political thinker, or someone that wants to talk about democracy on podcasts, then this episode is for you. Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. I'm the network manager at The Democracy Group, a podcast network that's united around the goal of helping listeners understand what's broken in our democracy, and how people are working together to fix it. Today, I'm going to teach you how to be a phenomenal podcast guest in five easy steps. Let's dive in. The first step to being on a podcast is obviously finding a show to be on and making a pitch. What kind of shows are you going to encounter in the democracy space? Some podcasts are gonna be academic, where the goal of the podcast is to be educating the audience. Most of the time when you come across these hosts, they're well-read, and they want to ask a lot of questions to dive into the details about your idea. The next kind of podcast you'll run across is a news-type podcast. This is usually more focused on hot takes or what's going on in the media, and when you're asked to be a guest on the show, you're giving your perspective on those. The goal is to be more engaging and entertaining for the listener. Next, you might run across journalistic-type podcasts, where the hosts are trying to dig into the details of the facts, gain new perspectives, with the goal of making the public or the audience aware of what's going on. And the last major type that you'll run across are debate type podcasts. These might bring on two different sides to an issue, or you may be brought on as as a guest to kind of counterbalance the views of the host. It's going to be a little more confrontational and challenging perspectives. And the goal of these types of podcasts is to give the listener a nuanced understanding on the topics, help them engage in critical thinking, and open up their own perspectives. So those podcast types are academic, news-focused, journalistic, and debate. There's other types of podcasts out there in the democracy and political space, but these are the ones you're going to run across the most. Now, what should you be looking for when you start looking at these podcasts and deciding if you want to be a guest on them? First and foremost, look for shows that match your target audience. So if you're an author, you're looking for people that would want to consume your book, If you're an organization, you're looking for the type of people that would actually take action on the ideas or things that you're putting forth as an organization. You're doing this because it's going to be beneficial for you. You're speaking to people that actually will take action on what you're talking about, but also because the things that you're going to say on the podcast are going to add value to those people, which means the host will be much more likely to want to have you on as a guest. You also want to look at who the other guests have been on this podcast. What's the roster like? What kind of ideas are those people presenting this will give you a clue if you're going to be a good fit for the podcast and whether your ideas will be in line with what's already been presented or if your ideas will be challenging and offering a new perspective when you're circling in on a show that you think you want to be on go take a look at their reviews what do people say about this show what do they say about the host and how engaged are they with the podcast you can also go look at at this show's social media and see how well the host actually engages with their audience once a show episode has been dropped this will give you a little bit of insight about how you'll be promoted after the show but it'll also show you how engaged that audience is how well do they actually take action on the things that are presented on the podcast this information is going to be much more valuable to you than just simply download numbers A podcast that has 3,000 people listening per episode, but nobody takes action, is going to be worth less to you than a show that only has 100 people on there, but every single one of those people take action. And finally, see if the host does anything special to promote their guests. Some shows will actually put ad dollars behind their guests, depending on the episode and the content that's being presented. Others may do special social media campaigns, breaking up the interview into little clips that get shared across multiple platforms. Just get a good idea about how your work will be presented once it's been recorded. Now, the reason that you're doing all of this legwork before even reaching out to the host is because the effectiveness of your interview will be greater if you do this due diligence. It's going to allow you to prepare and be a better guest, and we'll cover that here shortly. But the other reason that you're seeking out these shows is so you can start creating a ladder of influence. Where you're leveraging smaller shows to start building up experience and landing spots on larger shows. You may have a wonderful idea and you want a gun for the top going for some NPR show or Pod Save America. But odds are, if they're a large show, they already have a full guest list. And if you've never done podcast interviews before, it's going to be very hard to get your foot in the door. By working the circuit and doing smaller shows, you can get invited onto those larger ones. So let's talk about some things that you can do to find these shows and make a pitch. Most likely you have an idea of one or two shows that you believe has your target audience. Use those shows to help you find other shows. You can go to the Apple listing of that podcast that you think has your target audience and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a section called listeners also subscribe to or people listen to something similar and it'll list out a bunch of podcasts. And oftentimes that first podcast that you think has your target audience is also listening to these other shows. So maybe you're not able to get on the show that you want, but you may be able to get on one of these other shows. You can also go to ListenNotes.com. They have a similar section on the sidebar about recommended podcasts. So you'll search out the podcast that you think has your target audience and you'll see those similar recommendations. Another tool that's helpful is refonic.com. And if you go to refonic.com graph, you can search for a show and it'll give you a visualization of all the shows that are connected to the show that you searched that are similar in content and similar in audience. All of these tools are going to help you find more podcasts that you could actually pitch to. So once you find these podcasts, you make yourself a list, then it's time to start pitching these podcasts. When you're doing so, be short and to the point and tell the host why you would add value to their audience. Not what the interview is going to do for you, but what you can do for the host. During the media training that we offer at the Democracy Group, We do a mock interview with you, recording some answers to questions around your key ideas. We then take this interview, we divide it up into some clips that you can use for your marketing so that when you're pitching to podcasts, they can actually see you answering questions. They can see that you've done an interview before, increasing your likelihood of actually being on that show. Now, don't be discouraged if you start getting a lot of no's. That's totally fine. It probably has very little to do with you. It has more to do with what that host schedule is like, the type of content that they're focusing on, or other things that's completely out of your control. So what you're going to want to do here is play the numbers game. This is the reason why you made a big list of the different podcasts that you could be on. is because you just need to start getting a few yeses, and you can turn those around and use them to get on larger shows and get yourself more yeses on other podcasts. So now let's move on to step two of being a phenomenal guest. You found your shows, you sent out your pitches, and now you're being invited onto a podcast. Somebody said yes. What do we do next? We're going to research that show before we actually do the interview. Research refers to investigating the structure, the content, and the feel of the show so that you gain an understanding of how your content is going to be presented. Doing so allows you to prepare and have that content presented in the best possible light. Additionally, if you can prepare with the mindset of how do I deliver an interview that's phenomenal to this podcast host, you're going to increase your likelihood of it being promoted afterwards. In fact, if you do a good job, it may be their most favorite interview and it gets ongoing promotion long after you've had the interview. So let's discuss how you go about this research. When you land that interview on a podcast, I recommend going and listening to two or three recent podcast episodes from that show. And as you listen to those episodes, you're queuing in onto the structure, onto the feel, and what the conversational flow of that episode is like. So take some notes, ask yourself some questions. What kind of questions do they ask? Are they more facts driven? They want to know the details? Are they more vulnerable and want to hear stories and examples from your own life? What is the structure of the show? Do they have certain segments that have particular questions that you should be prepared for? Do they have any questions that are repeatable and asked to every single guest on the show? A lot of podcasts either have beginning or ending questions that are same for any guest that's on that show. For example, one of my favorite podcasts is the Tim Ferriss podcast, and many times he asks his guests what they would put on a billboard. Another podcast I like to listen to is with Patrick O'Shaughnessy, and his ending question is always, what's the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you? By preparing for these questions, you give yourself an opportunity to really sell yourself. And you know this question is going to come up, so why not prepare and have the best answer you can? As you're listening, also pay attention to the host. This is the person that you're gonna be speaking to. What is special or personal about that host? A lot of times the hosts are gonna share anecdotes from their own life. and You're gonna learn little things about them, maybe about their career, their family, special interests and topics that they really care about. For use the guest, you can start asking yourself, what stories could I tell to connect with that? What examples could I use? What topics could I bring up that are really going to light up the host that are going to make them passionate and make them engaged in the conversation? After you've listened to these two or three episodes, you've taken quite a few notes, tailor your message so it matches the type of show that you're going to be on. If it's more academic focused, you may be focusing more on the ideas and may have an hour to divulge into those. However, if you're doing a news focused podcast, The podcast may only be 15 or 30 minutes long, meaning all of your key ideas need to be shortened down and be succinct because you only have so long on the podcast to get them across. You also want to know who your audience is. What is their level of knowledge? You should be able to gain an understanding from the type of questions that the host asks in those two or three episodes that you listen to. Make sure that you tailor your message to that knowledge level. All right, let's move into step three of being a phenomenal guest. And this is actually having the interview and having a conversation on that interview. One of the best ways that you can increase your likelihood of being a phenomenal guest and having a great interview is to have a conversation rather than just being a coin-operated guest, answering questions and not having that back and forth. What do I mean by a conversation? A conversation is an informal talk where ideas are exchanged between the two people. This means that both parties are engaged. They hear what the other person says And they tailor their response based on what the previous person said and the ideas that were presented. As a podcast guest, this means you're answering the questions that are presented to you. You're asking questions of the host to engage their ideas and their expertise. And you're presenting your ideas in ways that can actually be understood by the person that you're talking to. Not in the way that you pre-scripted. Why are you doing this? Well, you have listened to podcasts. You know the difference between somebody that's engaged in a conversation with the host and somebody that's just saying what they wanted to say and completely disregard what the host asked or what the flow of the conversation is. Additionally, by having a conversation, you make your ideas more personable and more natural sounding. When the listener is listening to the episode, they're going to feel like they're sitting in with a couple of friends who are going over these important ideas rather than listening to some sort of propaganda that's just being spouted at them. This means the listener is gonna be more willing to accept your ideas and not put up a wall. So how do we actually have this conversation? Exact tips for this are gonna be unique to you. This is why during the application of our media training, we ask you what your conversational fears are and the areas that you wanna improve. Then during the training, we deliver specific guidance to help you overcome those. However, here's a couple conversational fears and tips based on past trainings that we've done that are quite common to other guests. One conversational fear you might have is sticking to your talking points, the ideas that you know well, and talking about those rather than veering off or talking about something too personal. How do we deal with this? Well, completely disregarding the question that the host asks is a big no-no. The host is holding the audience's voice in mind as they ask these questions. They're trying to teach their audience something. They're trying to get a point across. They're trying to dive deeper into the facts. So by you ignoring that question, you're ignoring the host's intention and what they're trying to do. So connect your points, the things that you know well, to the question as much as possible. And to do so, you might have to directly answer the question that was asked and then move on to the point that you want to make. And here's a few conversational tricks that you can use in order to do so. You're asked the question, you answer and address what they asked, but then you want to move on to your own point. To do so, you can say something like, I'd like to elaborate more on this, if I may. And then you go into the points that you wanted to make. Or you can say, I'd like to return to this topic because I think it's so important that listeners understand and then you move into your points. Now, if you're asked a question that you really don't know and you trying to answer that would not be of value to the audience, you can say something like, I can't speak to that much, but what I can say, and then you move into your points. Saying one of these phrases might feel a little confrontational, but you'll get it with practice. Another conversational fear that might come up is trying to distill all the knowledge and expertise that you have and deliver it in a short, succinct answer, especially if you're going on one of the podcasts that are only 10, 15 minutes long. That's not very long. And if you're trying to get across a three, 400 page book, it's going to be very difficult to do so. Additionally, you're an expert, but your audience is not. And so when you're trying to distill that information to them, you need to do it at their knowledge level, not yours. So to help you overcome this challenge, what I recommend doing is in preparation for that podcast interview is writing down the three key ideas that you know you want to make and then circling one of those ideas. And that's the most important thing. If the listeners are not going to hear anything else from the podcast, you want to make sure that they hear this point. Then you can take those points and you can make responses for them or make explanations or stories that you want to tell and make different versions of those ones that may be a one minute answer a three minute answer and a five minute answer obviously as you get more time you can add in more detail this is going to help you prepare for the different length of podcasts that you may be on additionally put your answers in ways that are structured and easy for the audience to follow for example if you're speaking to ranked choice voting and how that may be better than our standard voting practices now A simple response to a question about ranked choice voting might be, I believe in ranked choice voting, and here's three reasons why. Reason number one, and you go into that, you explain it. After you get done explaining that, reason number two, so on and so forth. Reason number three, this gives your listeners little road marks to follow along and understand the full complexity of what you're presenting. Now remember, we don't want to sound like a robot, and we want to actually be engaged in the conversation. So you have these prepared points and you know you want to make them somewhere throughout the podcast. So your job as you're being interviewed is to listen for questions that would be appropriate for you to bring up one of these points. Now sometimes the host may not ask any question that relates to the points that you want to make. Some shows at the very end ask something along the lines of there's is there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't today? This would be an excellent opportunity for you to make the number 1 point, the one that you circled, that's most important for listeners to get. The end of the show. These are the people that are most engaged and actually the people that are most likely to be taking action. As always, make sure that you're tailoring these key points to the knowledge level of your audience. If your audience is just the general public, that means you're going to have a mixed bag and they're going to have different knowledge levels. So lean on the safer side, try and remove all technical jargon, and explain the ideas as simply as possible. However, if you're going on a podcast that's well versed in these ideas, they're more academically focused, then explaining in detail. And using specific terms that you know they're going to understand will actually be beneficial. It'll help them grasp it quicker and will respect their knowledge level. Now, to really make this podcast interview phenomenal and make this conversation extra spicy, we're going to move into step four, which is telling stories. Stories are real-life examples that use you or another person to illustrate key points that you're trying to make. The best audio storytelling is anecdote-driven. Humans have been telling stories to each other since we were able to talk. It's how we share lessons that other people can understand, even if they're not an expert in that topic. And these stories are effective because they share the one common denominator that we all share, no matter the topic or knowledge level. We're all humans. Humans have emotions. Humans have fears, desires, values. All of us know what it feels like. These are things that we use to relate to each other on because we all share that same experience. But ideas are ephemeral. They're hard to grasp. They're not always things that we share. We may not understand how ranked choice voting works, but all of us understand the feeling of what it feels like when we think our vote doesn't count. So by using stories, people are going to understand your ideas better and better connect to them. So how do we tell stories, especially about these complex topics in democracy? Again, the advice for this is going to be very specific to you. When you take training with us, we ask you what are the three key ideas that you want to get across in podcast interviews. Then we help you start crafting stories that can be illustrative examples of those three key ideas. However, I don't want to leave you hanging if you're listening and watching this training right now. So here's a helpful framework that you can use to start crafting any stories to be used as an example for key points that you're making. And this is a simplified version of the hero's journey. You can use this framework to build a story from your own life or a story from a group of people or someone else's life that can be used as an illustrative example for your key ideas. So first, start with the background, the context. Basically, set the scene for the story, answering those simple questions, who, what, where, when, why, how. Then in your story, what was the obstacle or the challenge? So if we're talking about ring choice voting, our obstacle is actually getting our vote to count. As you describe this challenge, describe how you felt What emotions did you feel around that challenge? Talk about how frustrated you felt when another candidate won and you felt like your vote didn't count. Then describe the action that you took in order to overcome that challenge. Maybe you started an organization that's helping to push ranked choice voting further in your state. You can talk about formulating teams and having campaigns and the different support that you've achieved and all the little mini mini challenges that occurred along the way. Then describe what revelations you had from taking those challenges. What did you learn? You may have learned about how entrenched our voting systems are, or maybe uncover new ways that they could be better. Then discuss what the outcomes or the repercussions were of the actions that you took. What were the results? What happened? Did you actually get ranked choice voting accepted in your state? Then most importantly, describe how you felt about those outcomes or repercussions. Again, remember, we're trying to connect with another human. A human that has emotions they're not going to know what it feels like to have a winning campaign and get ranked choice voting enacted in their state but what they will understand is the excitement that you have about it the passion behind it and what it feels like to be voting this way now share those in your story so quickly as a recap so that you have all of these elements start with the background or the context talk about what the obstacle or challenge was that occurred and how you felt about that challenge or obstacle Talk about the actions that you took in order to overcome that challenge. Talk about the revelations that you had as you took those actions. And finally, talk about what the outcomes and repercussions were and how you felt about those. Now, at this point, you got invited on a podcast. You did your research so that you were well prepared. You came on. You had an excellent conversation with the host. And you told some amazing stories to help connect with the audience and give them a greater understanding of your key ideas. Now the audience has really bought into what you've said, they've been excited about the ideas that you've presented, and they want to take action. So we've reached the point in the podcast where it's time for you to make a pitch. Most of you are going on a podcast for a reason. You have a book, a cause, an organization, or even just an idea that you want to bring people's attention to. And for this reason, you're essentially making a pitch. You're basically saying, If you like what you heard in this interview, then you're probably going to like my book or my organization or my idea, whatever it may be. In this way, podcast interviews are marketing that have a try before you buy offer with them. However, my bet is, is that when you go on a podcast, you don't want to sound salesy when you're pitching your book, your idea, your organization, whatever it may be. But you do hope that people actually go and check out that thing. So you're stuck in a little bit of a paradox. How do we promote our thing, but not sound salesy? Well, depending on what you're pitching, I'm going to give you a few tips that you can use in order to achieve that. If you're pitching a book or even pitching a product throughout the podcast interview, not just towards the end, but the entire podcast interview, use the words in my book and then go on to explain your key idea or go on to share your story. As much as you can, reference back to your book. This is going to remind your listeners, oh yeah, this person has a book. I want to check that out later. I can't tell you how many podcasts that I've listened to that somebody's been mentioning stuff about their book. And once I get done with the podcast interview, I literally go over to Amazon and save it to my book list. You'll notice in this training that I'm doing here today that I've said several times the words in our training. I'm reminding you that we also have extended podcast media training that you can take part in, but I never directly pitched it yet. If you're pitching a book, you can also share the emotional process of writing the book. Not everybody's gone through that experience, but again, they felt the dread of deadlines, or the complexity of trying to get their words out, and so they can share in that emotional experience. It's going to help create a better emotional connection between them and your book. You can also push them over the edge towards the end of your interview by offering an extra incentive, maybe going to your website and downloading two chapters for free before they purchase the book. Obviously, once they download those couple chapters and read them, they're gonna wanna read the rest. Now let's talk about if you're pitching a cause. When you're pitching a cause, Tell them why it exists, and specifically, why would they care? What's in it for them about being part of this cause? You're obviously passionate about the cause, about these ideas, and you know what the benefits are, but they don't. They don't understand why they would want to be a part of it. So before we're using our example of ranked choice voting, you know what the benefits of ranked choice voting are. You're excited about them, but they have no idea what the benefits for them are going to be are. So make sure that in the podcast, when you're getting across your key ideas, that you're explaining those benefits of the key ideas, and specifically the benefits to the listener. How is it going to change their life? Now, if you're pitching at an organization, it's going to be very similar to a cause. However, you can connect back to those emotions more, especially towards the end of the podcast. At the end of the podcast, the host often asks, is there a way that people can follow you? Or where do you want people to take action? And as somebody that's speaking for an organization, you can say something along the lines of if you feel X, our organization can do Y. So you're connecting onto whatever emotion that they probably feel and talking about how your organization is going to help relieve that emotion. Again, going back to our rank choice voting example, people are feeling really fed up with how the voting system is working. They want their vote to count. So your organization is going to be the solution to that. So if you're feeling fed up with the way that voting is run these days, Come over to our organization, and we'll do why. Tell them what benefit they're going to be getting. Now, especially at the end of the podcast, most likely where you're going to make a formal pitch about whatever you're promoting, the podcast host is going to ask, how can people follow you? How can people start taking action on the things that you've talked about? And this is your opportunity to make a call to action for the podcast listeners. There's a good way to do this that'll be effective and actually have your listeners take the action you want them to take, And there's a very poor way to do this. A poor answer to the question of how can listeners take action is to visit your website. On your website, you have tons and tons and tons of information. And there's probably a dozen things that people can do on your website. However, if you're promoting a book, the number one action you want them to be taking is buying and reading the book. If you're promoting a cause, you most likely want them to take action and be a part of that cause. Whether that's getting signatures in their neighborhood, signing up to vote volunteering, whatever it may be, whatever the number one thing is, that's going to help push that cause forward. If you're promoting an organization, you may want them to be a part of that organization. But if you're just sending them to your website, there's a dozen other actions that they may do besides the one that you want them to do. Now, what would be even worse is sending them to a dozen social medias that you have, where they just start following that and maybe never even visit the website and take action. However, this is the most common response that you often hear is go follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and then go visit our website. The best answer that you can give to the question of how can listeners take action is to give one call to action. The one action that you want them taking. So if you're an author, it would be buy my book. Or if you're doing what I said earlier, it may be downloading the first two chapters free. If it's a cause or organization, it might be visit myorganization.com slash take action. And on that page, you have listed out the one action that you want them to be taking. Which leads me to our call to action for this training. If you're nervous and lost about how you're going to be able to do these things, to be a phenomenal guest on a podcast, then we can help. During our media training, we create curriculum that is customized to your specific sticking points with personalized feedback from one of our podcast experts in our network. Afterwards, you're going to have a mock interview where you can practice answering questions that are around your key ideas. And we'll turn those answers into marketable clips that you can use to land interviews on actual podcasts. Now, if you need help pitching the podcast, we also partnered with Tink Media, a podcast PR agency that can get you in front of shows that have your target audience. So if this sounds like it's for you, then all you need to do is follow the link in the description and fill out a short application. I look forward to helping you share your ideas with thousands of people. Now, having the training, do you feel more prepared for going on podcasts?
1: More prepared, but more just I have a list of things to do, really specific things I can do to get prepared, which is great. How did you feel coming into the training or before the training?
0: I I was looking forward to what turned out to be the second half of this was, you know, getting your feedback and, and talking about kind of my concerns of my presentation style. And that would, so, so that's kind of where my, my, my mind was. I wasn't at all thinking about how do I pitch? Who do I pitch to? And so those tools that you presented up front were really helpful.
1: Would you Mm -hmm. recommend this training to a colleague?
0: Absolutely. Like I say, I mean, not only, not only for, for the tools, but, but yeah, your feedback, your style, you know, just guiding me through this process was it it kind of had a nice, nice method, methodology to it. How did you feel before the training about going on podcasts and being interviewed? You know, really
1: nervous, honestly. And even though I joke, because I do give academic talks about this, this topic. um, And I always joke that I'm always nervous at the beginning, but the passion for the topic takes over. That's very different in an academic talk than a podcast where it's targeted questions that are guiding what I say versus me laying out. This is what I'm talking about. Then y'all've got 15 minutes to ask me <laughs> what you want. It's just a very different format. Um, and I was really concerned about whether I could both get at some of the key points in my stories, in my book, not make it boring, but not overshare stories to, um, that also lessen the factual parts of my work that need to be brought in and the policy implications and so on. And so all of that was making me, making me a little uncomfortable.
0: And now that you've had the training, how do you feel about this?
1: You know, I feel like, I feel it's interesting. I almost feel like as an academic, I remember when I first started publishing academic articles and you know, those first couple of like rejections or revise and resubmit, you're like, there's a formula to this and I've got to figure out what the formula is. And over your career, you figure that out. And what I'm learning about podcasting is that there's a little bit of a formula to it and it doesn't have to be um, this thing that's so amorphous that it's like way over there. Um, and something that I can't kind of figure out and like with anything, it's like knowledge is power. And so I feel empowered, like there are ways that I can prepare for this and I can prepare for different types of podcasts, um, and different types of questions. And so I definitely feel like, um, I can use my knowledge and my agency to be better prepared for this experience.
0: Absolutely. Uh, What was most helpful for you during the training?
1: Oh man. You know, I think, you know, it's it's I think all of it, honestly. I think the time before the mock interview was incredibly important. Like I don't know about the world of podcasting, honestly. Like you can see behind me, got tons of books. I'm a bookhead, I'm old school, Gen X, you know, and I know a lot of Gen Xers listen to podcasts. It's just not been um something that I've really gotten into as much. And so understanding the world of podcasting was incredibly important. How to research the podcasts that I'm interested in appearing on was incredibly important. Um, so just sort of laying the background for like what this world looks like. And then you obviously having done the research and knowing what my topic is about and how to make my topic um, relevant to these formats was incredibly Also helpful. So again, it's not just something that's like over there, but like we're going to bring this home to like how this is going to show up for not just the podcast that you're interested in, but for the area of research and what I'm talking about. Um, incredibly important and helpful. And I think you were also incredibly accessible, uh, professional. I felt really comfortable, which for me, frankly, if I don't feel comfortable, I'm kind of not my best. And so, like, I'm, you know, talking over my words or whatever. I'm just so there's an ease here that was really incredibly important for me um, in order to sort of dive into this.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you recommend the training to a colleague?
1: Oh, my gosh, I totally would. You know, I was saying this to you that we get trained to do incredibly rigorous work and rigorous research um, as scholars. And we don't get trained to market that research. We don't get trained um to talk about it in lots of different kinds of spaces. And I'm someone who really deeply values public scholarship. And I'm at the University of Washington where we have folks who really do a lot around public scholarship. And I feel like this is one more really important piece to that, that, you know, again, why reinvent the wheel, right? Like this is something that you have, obviously figure it out you're really good at and if you can spend 90 minutes helping me like figure out how to be good at this for my own work like it's just invaluable absolutely i would
0: thank you for listening to this episode from the democracy group if you want more podcasts like this then visit democracygroup.org there you will find our events topics and a newsletter as well so head on over to democracygroup.org